0: Welcome to the Middlemen Podcast, taking you ringside, pitchside and sharing a unique journalistic perspective on sport with plenty of boxing this week. I'm Noah Abrahams. And I'm Max Taylor.
1: This week, as Noah said, we dissect a whole heap of English fighters and briefly also touch on English football as well. Stay tuned for it. It's certainly a cracker.
0: So Max, let's start with Lawrence Acoli and what a fight that was on the weekend I'm sure he'll reign now as the WBA Cruiserweight Champion for a long time. On Saturday night, just what a story it is, first of all. But he beat opponent Christoph Glowacki for the vacant belt. He used to work at McDonald's. Now he's Britain's uh, newest world title holder in boxing. The two met at the Wembley Arena. It only took six rounds for Coley, who really proved himself, I thought, to unload a devastating finish as he dropped the pole. A former world champion and forced referee marcus mcdonald to wave off the fight and Akoli, i thought tested the chin of Gloacki in the fourth round i think he, he cut Gloacki's eye didn't he um after biding his time early on and i, I thought O'Coley followed Shane mcguigan's plan to a t he really controlled the fight and it's such a good story as i said used to work in mcdonald's it shows what can be done with uh, self-belief and determination uh, and what a humble guy he, he comes across as Like so many world champions, he's fought at the Olympics. He's been a British and European champion. He's still undefeated. He's not a household name yet, though, Max. I think if he continues to fight the way he did on Saturday, though, he could be. He sparred with AJ and Joe Joyce. Will we be seeing more of a coley? Will he become the next big British boxer, Max?
1: Well, he, he's got all the potential to, you know, the the world's his oyster right now is a fantastic, as you said, such an inspirational story. It, when you look at the background and look what the odds that he's had to defy to get to where he is. And uh, he, he's done a great job of doing it, you know, through hard work. Um, he's been able to reach this height now uh, in the career best performance. As you said, it was fantastic. Uh, the way he went about defeating Glowacki. Kind of a bit of a slow start, but... Uh, he used his power to, to his advantage. And, well, you used all the advantages that he had with his height, his reach. Um, and he looked like a great boxer. Everyone's saying, you know, a lot of people do criticize him. Um, even me, before that fight as well. Uh, I wasn't sure about his fundamentals, wasn't too sure about. Um, I, you know, I, I thought he might be one of those guys that kind of relies on his power. But, you know, he, he proved me well. He kind of proved me right by knocking out Groaki, but he proved me wrong as well because he looked like a very well-rounded fighter. And yeah, with about him being the, one of the next British best fighter, definitely, the, the possibilities there. As you said, it's kind of hard um, to establish himself as a household name because he's fighting in a bit of a weaker division than what all these other British stars are fighting at. As you said, Joyce and Joshua, they're, they're in you know the best division of them all, the division that everybody pays money to see in the heavyweight. But I think Akoli might actually make that step up before long. He, he said that he wants to unify and kind of clear out that division. If he can, then that is another fantastic achievement to go on top of what he's already achieved this weekend and then I think that step up is entirely possible for him or even uh, another opportunity with the new bridgeaway division that the WBC implemented last year so there's a lot of possibilities for him and I think if he keeps putting in these uh, fantastic performances and uh, keeps doing what he does then there's no reason why he can't be the next uh, best fighter to come out of Britain.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my next talking point, to be honest. Can he unify the cruiserweight division and go uh, to that heavyweight level? And I think he can. He, he looks like a fantastic fighter. And uh, what a fairy tale. But Matchroom deserve a lot of credit for this, don't they? Uh,
1: definitely. I was quite surprised to see him fighting for the title when it got announced. I didn't expect to see it. Um, so all respect and uh, and props to Eddie Hearn and Matchroom for actually... Doing some a uh, great bit of matchmaking, setting him up to uh, become a world champion in just his 16th fight. It was a, it was brilliant work from them.
0: Well, look, it was it was a brilliant spectacle on the weekend. Before we move on to next weekend, I, w- I just want to go back on some judging decisions, not from the Akoli fight, uh, but from some other fights. And Derek Chisora hit out at the standard of officiating in this country, in Britain following Zelfa Barrett's uh, wide points win against Kiko Martinez and Chisora called the judging standards in England a shambles Uh, and uh, you want to talk about this Max because Chris Billen uh, Smith beat Vassil DeCor for the vacant World Boxing uh, Association Continental Cruiser title on Saturday night the 30-year-old Britain won by unanimous decision did so very convincingly uh, according to one judge but I don't think he was it's as convincingly as the ninety-nine ninety decision in favour of Bill and Smith. In reality, Smith won the fight, but only because of his two knockdowns. Is there a stigma now where foreign fighters just won't want to come to this country anymore because of the ridiculous judging decisions in favour of the home fighter?
1: I'm so surprised to still see them come in, uh, come into the matchroom shows and fighting after, as you said, the... Uh, Zelfa Barrett fight. How if if I was if I was in the boots of a foreign fighter? Okay, it's it's a big opportunity. You know, uh, Billum Smith is uh, a great a great fighter. You you'd want to test yourself against him. Cool, but honestly, the home fighters get such an advantage, and that. As you said, yeah, he did win the fight, definitely won the fight, but only because of those knockdowns. That 99 to 90 is an absolute joke. And it's an insult to Duchar for putting in the great performance that he did. He, you know, to, he, he went to war that fight. Let's be honest. He, he went to war that fight. And to go to war and then get not even an ounce of credit for it is just a joke. And I think it's so unfair on on the fight, on not just Duchar, but the other fighters that have come to the matching shows and got nothing to show for it. It's, I think it's really rude. Uh, to those people and it does need to be sorted out because it's gone on far too long now and you know as as we're about to say it wasn't the only questionable uh judging scorecard that was there that night
0: well you've led on to a nicely Joe Cordina, uh and that fight was scored by one judge as a draw uh the welsh super featherweight beat farouk korbanov but clearly not as convinced it's it's just it's all getting ridiculous now It, it really is and like you say i think if i were a foreign fighter and someone had offered me a fight in this country i think i'd think twice which is sad but why would you come across to this country as a foreign fighter when the judges are clearly biased
1: yeah exactly as i said it's a big opportunity for any foreign fighter but who, who's there to say that you're actually going to get anything out of the uh the opportunity obviously it's a bit different in Joe Cordina's case he was actually the home fighter and got a, a bit of a scorecard against him which was kind of weird to see because you always see the away fighters uh given a disadvantage but I think once again it's an insult to Cordina's performance okay it it wasn't a wide scorecard I'm not saying you know a draw is completely atrocious but I, I, to me he only lost two or three rounds I know a lot of people were saying uh three to four but He he looked great that fight, and um, to say it was a draw, I think, is just, once again, another poor, poor decision. I think Matt Truman and um, the whole organisations that officiate and kind of get these judges to sit down ringside, they need a whole clear out and need to get some new guys in for sure.
0: Well, standards cannot afford to slip this weekend, a huge weekend of boxing, and... Only one place to start, I suppose. It's in Gibraltar on The Rock on Saturday night. I'm lucky enough to have been there. It's a beautiful place. And headlining uh, is Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin. The rematch, uh, Dillian White versus Povetkin 2. What an exciting fight we have on our hands here uh, on The Rock. It's called the Rumble on The Rock. That's what it's been coined as. And on the undercard, I think that's where, that's where we're going to start because uh, we've got the likes of Super Featherweight, Cain Baker and Yusef Kamori going to war. We also have Campbell Hatton making his pro debut. Um, so let's start with Campbell Hatton and then we'll go on to some of the BCB boys. Um, obviously, the son of Hitman, Ricky Hatton, uh, you know, Ricky Hitman Hatton. Big shoes to fill as the, as the super featherweight has to... Ha- he really has to go and show what he's worth. Not, I suppose to get out of his dad's shadow. He's 19 years old, so he's still really young. But how hard will that be getting out of Ricky Hatton shadow? I, I kind of know what it's like in a sense. I've got, I've got a relative in sports journalism, as as we all know, and it's it's not always easy being associated with someone. In football: Frank Lampard, senior, Casper uh, you know, Schmeichel, Sean Wright, Phillips. They've all had to work hard to create a name for themselves. So, what will it be like now for Campbell? He's making his pro debut on Saturday night uh, in Gibraltar. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, we all know that's the case that we need to, well, hopefully when he retires, we remember Campbell Hatton as his own man, as his own boxer, and not just the son of Ricky. Hopefully that is the case, but he can't be impatient about it. You know, he has to take it a fight at a time. He has to let his career uh, blossom and uh, he has to let his career kind of marinate a little bit first. Uh, He he can use it. It can either be an advantage or a disadvantage having the title as uh, Ricky Hatton's son because... It's, he's going to get a lot of opportunities, let's be honest. you know, he's, This is one of the most anticipated debuts of 2021. So it's, it's, it's a big opportunity for him. But as I said, if he takes it fight by fight and just develops his skills, he's just got to entirely focus on himself and his own career. And I think that's what he's doing. Um, and with that mentality, I think he's going to go a very long way.
0: I think it's worth noting, just like with Mick Schumacher in, in F1, it, it, Campbell Hatton, it's, it's not just his name. He's genuinely a talented boxer. And uh, Mick Schumacher starts for Haas this year because he's worked hard enough to get onto the F1 grid. And it's the same uh, with Campbell Hatton. In a sense, he's got onto this uh, boxing grid now where he's he, he's he will be on the world stage uh, on Saturday night. And it's worth noting that it's not just because of his name.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's uh, had a great amateur background and he's done the business there and now he's stepping up to the pro game. Um, As you said, loads of eyes are going to be on him and it's just a time to perform. But if we know anything about the Hattons, we know they love a good performance when all eyes are on them, when they're under pressure. So I think he's going to do, hopefully, fingers crossed, he does do a great job and uh, everyone starts to pick up his name and really, really think of him uh, as his own boxer.
0: Well, I've been told that there was one point where the Hatters were bigger than Manchester City Football Club. I think in this day and age, that's a little bit different. Uh, still, a massive uh, driving force in boxing, though. Uh, this week, we were joined on the Middleman Podcast by legendary trainer Paul Mann. He's the BCB's head trainer, so Black Country Boxings uh, main man in the corner. He's trained over 500 fighters. He's been to over 2,000 fights, which is just Astonishing, considering in the last year because of COVID, uh, we've both been to zero. Um, but on the undercard, I teed it up a little bit earlier. It's Kane Baker versus Yusuf Kamori on the white Peruvian undercard on the Rock on Saturday night. And the Birmingham-based Kane Baker, the super featherweight, uh, will feature as he fights Kamori. Uh, here's what Kane's trainer man had to say ahead of the bout that will no doubt be watched by millions.
2: As you know, like, you know, we wouldn't love to have been in Gibraltar because we've got such... It's just... We've got so many big fights and you just mentioned the names there with Leonard Todd, to Zach Parker, Danny Ball, all the other fighters fighting as well on the same day as Cain Baker. Cain Baker is one of the, uh... How can you not like like, and love Cain uh, Baker? Just his character and his demeanor, the way he carries himself. Always saying that he's a, a boxing fan with a licence, but uh, he's a lot more than that. He's just, uh... He is an athlete. He, when he puts his mind to it, he's just absolutely amazing. You've probably seen a lot of pictures and, and uh, videos and that he's uh, put on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram about him. His before and afters and the way he used to live his life before. To what is what? What's achievable when you actually do dedicate yourself to uh, to the sport of boxing and what what's achievable? Um, not just uh, physically but mentally as well. And like where wedding, he's got to now, look, and it's just, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. But I spoke to him this morning. I spoke to him yesterday as well. Yeah, he's he's doing absolutely fine. Like he's uh, he's buzzing, doing really really well. Looking forward to doing it. It's a shame that you know, obviously like us uh, not being there. But um, he's gone with one of our very very close friends, uh, in Carl Greaves. So Carl's actually fought in Gibraltar and he, he does know a lot of people in Gibraltar so he wants to go anyway and he's just absolutely over the moon the fact that he's got to, had a chance to go over there and uh, uh, take Kane on our behalf. I think that um, Kane's been on some big big uh, um, shows already so I don't think that will phase him in any way, shape or form. I think he'll just go out there and perform. He's trained that that hard and... He's been that dedicated. He'll just be looking forward to his dessert afterwards. Don't forget, he put Conor Ben as well, which was at a way weight uh, above. Know, uh, I'm not trying to um, discredit uh, Kamori in any way, but I do believe that um, <clears throat> Kane, the way he's trained, his confidence, he'll, he'll bring a lot to to the table and he, he needs to be on it as well. If he's thinking that Kane would just be a push over, well, I think he'll be far from here and I think he'll be. A, a very, very exciting fight, because Kane will make it an exciting fight. All our boxers and that as well, the ones that are fighting, they've realised that the, the opportunities there, and they've got to give up 100%, because without the crowds there, you hear a lot more noises as well. You can't just turn up and just be one of them numbers. Now, when you're coming on these shows, whether you're on the first on the card, you're just fighting as, you're just fighting as a journeyman, you will get televised and you will get shown. So a lot of them are but putting that extra effort in as well because I know that millions and millions of people are going to be watching it, not just in our country, but around the around the world. So, um, yeah, they're looking at putting a, a real performance on and that's why they've been training and dedicated on it. Kane's K- K- not a, a, a child. He's not, he's not a kid. He does He does understand all that and he gets all that and that's why he's been putting all the effort and all the work in and I just can't wait to see him perform and, uh, create an, and uh, do another upset.
0: Paul man, there, waxing lyrical on Kane Baker ahead of what will be a huge night for him in front of a worldwide audience. What an opportunity, what a platform he touched on that. You're a big fan of Kane Baker, Max.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's just a, a class act in and outside of the ring. And uh, the testament of that is him being on so many matchroom shows. I remember him being there at Eddie Hearn's fight camp. And ever since then, he put on a great show and he's, he's been invited back and he deserves that he deserves the opportunities he's getting given by them because he's a fantastic human and a, and a great boxer as well obviously he's not the necessarily the most competitive one like in terms of being the next big thing and be uh, you know being being a champion and such and he kind of serves uh komori in in that stance of kind of developing him instead and, and bringing him along but he, he's not going to make it easy you know he's not a pushover and I, Think that's what Paul said as well. He definitely not. He, he brings the fight, um, and that's that's why he's, he's uh, that's why he has a fan in me. I don't know how you can't be a fan of him.
0: He, he's a great lad. Exactly what Paul said. And Kimori worth noting is Team White, so he's got he's got that backing.
1: Yeah, uh, White's kind of developed a, a big team of himself now. He, he's the manager of a few boxes, you know, uh, Alan Babich as well, uh, one of the other notable guys and uh white kind of proving that he's a bit more than a heavyweight as well he's kind of like uh, a bit like joshua now with the 258 management he's kind of do, doing his own thing and being a leader in that sense too
0: well let's move on to zach parker because bcb are in action four times over the weekend the only one in gibraltar is kane baker the other three uh are at the copper box arena where we were a year ago at the olympic boxing qualifiers in london uh it's zach parker versus van alexander uh back in action friday night so the podcast is coming out on Friday, so tonight. Uh, an, an undefeated Parker will take on American Zvon Alexander. He will headline the Queensbury promotion show at London's Copper Box because of injuries uh, to other fighters. So he'll make his debut. Parker will hope to return to the Midlands with the current uh, vacant WBO international super middleweight title. Lots of big words for me to try and get my head around today. And praising the WBO Intercontinental champion man had no doubt as to who will come out on top in the capital.
2: Zach's looking really, really good. I mean, he's, he's been training um, so well, and his, his sparring partners will um, don't tell him they begin to The main person that's began to bruise me on that body bag. <laughs> I <don't laughs> have seen that, but he's uh, he's looking really, really good. And uh, there's been about, this say I me. Mean, exaggerating but there's been at least 30 opponents that we've tried to get and wow. we say yes to every single one but it's just so difficult with the circumstances We're trying to get them over with all the uh, the red tape and everything getting them over because of COVID and stuff and getting him passed with the WBO and it's just been really really tough but Zach's looking really really good and this this opponent nobody nobody would take him on like because he is dangerous I know he's lost four times but he's never been stopped, and the people that he's he, uh, lost to, they've got. If you ever see their records, they're like. I think um, it was Anthony Sims, uh, 20 fights, 18 KOs. They, these are the people that he's lost to, and he's, he, that, there's one there from uh, Kazakhstan um, who's like uh, another one who's got not really high knockout ratio. People that he lost to are a lot are, are no numpties. They're like the they're like really, really, really top, top lads, like the ones that he, he has lost to. And he, he, he's, uh, he's had nine KOs himself. So, yeah, we're just going there. that's Zach, just going to do what Zach does. And that's a uh, box. And he's one of them boxers. I'm I'm not going to uh, just, I'm not trying to boost him up just because he's my fighter. But I I will tell you now, I think he will be one of the best, the best super meter to come out of this country. He's phenomenal. Anybody will I'll tell you, and this is why we keep him um, grounded and keep him away from other top prospects because we're going to end up fighting them. When Zach, the thing is that Zach's not only he holds um, a tremendous power in both hands. He won the British Super British Super Middleweight British title from Daryl Williams, fighting Sappo, Zach and Southport, But he's natural at both south and orthodox and he can punch with both hands as well he punches from all angles and don't forget he dislocated his shoulder in the second round it cost over sixteen thousand to get that shoulder back right and it was a really really difficult time for us to get it but he fought through it the whole the rest of the fight and he won the fight as well so you know when people people want to look at that fight and think that any shape or form oh that'll be because i've had a lot of that but a lot of people say that uh well, you don't really win that fight. I said, well, we've got the Lonsdale belt. So, yeah, that's, an, that's a special talent and I just can't wait to um, for him to shine on uh, Friday. It's going to be a relief. It's going to be a relief not for, for our team as well because I really need this this kid. He's like a cage lion at the moment and I need to let him out and just let him show the world what he's all about. And everyone's saying, look, oh, Zach, I bet he's going to knock this guy out. Now, this guy is... It's no, he's not a, like Lewis Clark has been saying. He's some of his uh, in his interview. I just seen a bit like he's not a, he's not a big man. He's not somebody that's just gonna turn up. This the, the one has come to win, and he'll give his 100%. But Zach is a special talent, and I I, I just hope you will, uh, admire and just see like you know such an exceptional talent. I can't wait to see Zach. Just wants to box. These kids has been born to box. That's it. That's all I'll say. He's a, I know he looks he looks like a, one of them models and like that. He doesn't, believe me, he's something else. Ask anybody that's been in the ring with him. That's not just fighting him, but also uh, sparring him as well. And they'll, they'll tell you about it. He's phenomenal.
0: So, Paul there discussing Zach Parker ahead of the Alexander fight in London uh, tonight, I suppose. The, the big statement from that interview, if, you, if you're listening very closely, Paul says, I will tell you now... The Zach will be one of the best super middleweights to come out of this country. Max, that is a massive statement.
1: It's huge, especially uh, when he's talking about such a strong division. And even with British fighters, it's it's a strong division. You got, uh, I know we're going to talk about Willie Hutchinson now as well. Um, But Billy Joe Saunders, he's he's fighting the face of boxing in May. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard to... um, look past fighters like that and, and give Parker a running but you know he, he used the term will be so we're talking about the future and it, you know in the future it's, it's definitely a possibility Parker's undefeated now and um, he's in, in a couple of years time you never know where his, his career might take him if, if he carries on um, and develops then he could be you know fighting on the world stage headlining much more events like just like he's done uh, tonight, as you said, um, so it's, it's definitely a possibility, but for now, I, d- I don't think you can really have a uh, you can
0: really have a run in. Well, from from one big statement to a massive name, as, as you touched on, Willie Hutchinson, the next BCB fight. It's Leonard's Clark versus Hutchinson uh, in London again, uh, but that's uh, tomorrow night in Stratford, so Saturday night uh, in East London, and they're competing the two of them for the vacant uh, super middleweight Commonwealth belt. And the BB of C British title. Uh, Clark faces Ingalls. Dominic Ingall, of course, one of the biggest names in the business. Wh- his Willie Hutchinson. Man, highlighted Clark's work ethic, though, and here's what he had to say.
2: We're just really looking forward to it. I mean, Willie Hutchinson's been uh, touted as one of the next great uh, things to come up as a super middleweight. Well, I work with them. one of the best that's coming through as a super middleweight, and that's Leonard Clark. I mean, um, Zach Parker, but Dennis Clark is up there as well. Lennox parker has been sparring. We've had some unbelievable sparring. Ben Whitaker, I think you know him. Aaron Bowie, top, top amateurs. But also, he's been sparring Zach Parker as well. So, he's had, like, there's been no stone... Until uh, and uh, one thing people don't realise with Lennox he's had a long career he's been with us like since 2013, so he's had an absolutely like stop-start career, and he's had 20 fights and he's had like um, I think 13 uh, 13 KOs is it? But um, I can't remember Lennox's uh, record. <laughs> but like one thing is with is with Lennox seven KOs sorry I was just thinking about that seven KOs. But what it is he? he had a draw. And he had the one loss to Lerone Richards. And Lerone Richards, because it's it's making excuses and people are gonna say we're making excuses we say this. Well, but Lennox did he did injury shoulder, he had his shoulder injury. That's fine. This will be if if they're saying Willie Hutchinson is what Willie Hutchinson um can prove and they're saying that he'll be the next great thing. Uh, I d I don't um it's all there to see, isn't it? It's, he's a young talent. He's a young kid. He's coming up. But believe me, this Lennis Clark is something else. He is dangerous. He comes in under the name, dangerous as well. And he's, he's ferocious. He's mean as well. He's quite mean. <laughs> One of my mean boxes. Lovely guy. Look, look, totally respects But when he gets in there, he just has this nasty streak. But he honestly, he's like quite dangerous because he doesn't have a lot of amateur background. He, come, he mm-hmm. comes straight from the white collar. And so he's had all his... Uh, learning and everything he's had he's in the programs going sparring away, sparring all the top lights and taking Germany oil and taking him everywhere and that's where he's learned his craft and he's and he'll show it. He trains really hard, honestly he's gonna be a really good fight. People haven't seen him train, his Clark, but when he trains out of all the guys and you know I've we've got seventy five boxes on the books now and I've trained it's got to be near close to like 500 fighters probably probably more than that the amount of fights of them is probably over 2000 but um Lennox clark he trains like he's an absolute machine you know when you have them heart rate monitors and you do like the track and you do sparring and you do um, uh, conditioning and you do he beats nearly everyone i said who else is really fast like, as i Baker. Yeah, he is. Him and Kevin training really well together. Honestly, they've been really, really pushing each other. Fantastic athlete. He's an unbelievable athlete, honestly. <laughs> You'll see, he just keeps keep going.
0: Man there on Willie Hutchinson and his fight with the BCB boxer, Lennox Clark. Willie Hutchinson, uh, we all know who he is. We all know who his trainer is. We all know his background as an amateur world champion with Scotland. He's been touted, Matt, by Man himself. Man just said it as one of the next best super middleweights to come out of this country. What a fight we've got on our hands there! And obviously, Lennox Clark is a very talented boxer, but Willie Hutchinson will be looking uh, to prove to prove his dominance.
1: Well, yeah. If a man feels that way, both about Hutchinson and Zach Parker, I think that's a a fight that we might have to line up in the coming years. But, um, But Hutchinson, yeah as you said, bags of potential on this lad. He's uh, being developed fantastically under, I think, the the best the best uh, way that he can hone his skills is in the Ingle gym. That's where he is. Um, he's looking fantastic, isn't he? And he's attracting uh, the big names in boxing like David Hay. I remember uh, BT Spot uploaded a video uh, I, I saw on their YouTube of uh, David Hay just singing his praises because that's what he deserves. He, he looks so skillful, uh, such a slick fighter, but if anyone can cause an upset and kind of uh, give, a, give us a bit of a shock, it is Lennox Clark. You know, he's, he's a big, gritty fighter. You, I think we both saw what he was capable of when he fought uh, Lerone Richards, who was actually meant to fight Hutchinson. Uh, obviously, that fight fell through, but instead Hutchinson gets the loser of that fight. Um, but Clark still, uh, once again, like, like Kane Baker, as we said, not a pushover. He, he's going to bring the war to H- Hutchinson and really test him. So it, it'll be great to see how that one plays out.
0: Yeah, I remember bumping into Lennox last year at the Midlands Mayhem event, was it? Ahead of some, some huge fights uh, for British boxers. And yeah, he, he scared me a little bit, <laughs> Lennox Clark. <laughs> uh, but on, on to the final BCB fight of the weekend. It's Danny Bull versus Sam Guiley. Uh, Bull defences WBC British international silver welterweight title who aims to defeat Guiley on Saturday night. Um, he was last in the ring, though, Ball, in 2019, like Parker. So uh, the coronavirus has really affected his momentum and his time away from the ropes with an actual opponent. A man highlighted Ball's impressive career so far.
2: Yeah, he's been training well. As you know, Richie Gett trains him. And uh, yeah, they've been training really well. He's got abs in <laughs> the abs." For Is that a shot? He says, yes. Yeah, it's a shock because Danny doesn't know have but like one thing Danny does is he can punch and uh, um, like Sam's, Sam's got five KOs and he's record as well um, uh, Danny's got the four but like Danny the the, one, the, the lads that Danny's stopped and everything they, they were tough tough people like and uh, you know um, you know he beat, he beat Mason Cartwright like and uh, he stopped him in the third round It was a oh that was a right buzz that was an absolutely brilliant performance so yeah uh, and obviously one of the greatest journeymen that are still fighting now, and uh, I've been blessed because I've had him right from the beginning, is Kev McCauley and uh, he, he dropped Kev McCauley as well, so that's a big statement. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see that as well. Oh yeah, it's going to be amazing. The, the 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 kids need it, like, and it's obviously it's it's. The lockdown's affected everybody in certain ways and them not, not, not getting dates and not getting fights. So to actually get into the ring, I think that's going to be a big relief for I them.
0: Mean, they just can't wait to get in there. Paul Mann there concluding our section on BCB boxers fighting this weekend. Thank you, Paul, for coming on. Uh, a real star and uh, such uh, incredible insight. It's unbelievable. Let's go on to now the main card on Saturday night. The Ken Baker's on the undercard, but it's Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin <laughs> fighting again for... The WBC Interim World Heavyweight title. Got that right. Max is nodding. So many titles I've tried to remember this week. It's crazy. Lots of boxing going on. I'll give you a bit of background. On the 23rd of August last year, I sat at home and thought, right, White's got this in the bag. Until Povetkin just produced the knockout of the year, really. The knockout of his career to take a step closer to the WBC World Heavyweight title with an enthralling victory over White in Eddie Hearn's back garden at the matchroom headquarters. It was a fight that showed the power of a knockout, the power of boxing, what boxing can do, how quickly it can change. And Eddie Hearn quite rightly said that White's world title dreams now will be gone forever unless he beats Pivetkin on Saturday night. Um, Look, we know what we've got on our hands. White's employed Harold the Shadow Knight, his trainer who led Lennox Lewis, of course, to major victories. So he's got a good corner the Rumble on the Rock, that's what it's been nicknamed. Uh, that's what it's been coined. Max, for uh, the Interim World Heavyweight title, who's going to win it and how excited are you?
1: Well, just just before we uh, speak on that, as you said, going back to their first encounter, it is, as you said, the, the knockout was a harsh reminder of what heavyweight boxing is. One punch can change the whole complexion of the fight. As we know, White knocked Povetkin down um, previously before, before that round and then <laughs> he got completely KO'd himself so it, it just makes this rematch even more hotly anticipated because we once again it's just a 50-50 fight because these guys were throwing bombs at each other, both were getting, well obviously Bivetkin got the better of White but White almost had the better of him so who knows where this is going uh, when they face off on Rumble on the Rock uh, Eddie Hearn, yeah I think very correct in the fact that White now has probably got only a, f- a few years uh, left in his career at the top level, so all the pressure is on him to deliver and get this performance and get revenge because otherwise, yeah, I'd, I'm not sure uh, if if he will be fighting for a title otherwise. Povetkin, I think he'd, he's done fantastically to at his age as well to stay in it and and keep his name at the top of the list. So, and and he knows that as well. And I think for either man, for whoever loses. I think it, go- it doesn't just go for white like Eddie said but it goes for Povetkin as well whoever loses as Eddie said white but also Povetkin, I think the loser of this fight won't get a shot at the heavyweight title so it doesn't matter which one it is uh which goes to show kind of how important this fight is for both men it is kind of that their-, their careers rely on it
0: can i push you for a winner though C- could you is it look i i know i know your position on it i know everyone's position on it, it- it's very hard to predict because of the last fight, uh, ordinarily I think you'd probably have White down as the slight favourite. But you know, can you can you pick a winner if if I had to really push you on it?
1: Yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> I think because uh, what White might still be the favourite, and obviously I'm I'm gonna uh, as a fellow Brit I'm gonna be backing him and supporting him, and I want to fight him. But for the sake of this, I'm I'm gonna say Povetkin. With the way that he delivered the knockout, first of all, he showed that he can survive White's punches and get up from them. So White's have to back out something that we haven't even seen before to keep Povetkin out of this fight. And just the the skill and the technicality and the experience Povetkin showed in that knockout, I think shows to me that he is just kind of the boogeyman for White and and he's the, the nightmare kind of style for him. So I can see him leaving Gibraltar with the win again and ending uh white's hopes for for a heavyweight title fight in the future
0: well very excited for it. it's on saturday night uh it's passover for me but that's not going to stop me watching this fight under the dinner table whilst everyone else uh, is praying away i will be celebrating as white <laughs> hopefully uh land some big blows uh, the only criticism of this fight is that it's 20 pounds for a pay-per-view pass uh, which look, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here, but it seems a bit steep because it's essentially just to see who becomes the fourth best boxer. Right. So wh- what are your views on that? Because it is, it, it does seem a little bit expensive.
1: Yeah, I think obviously we, we spoke about the undercard and and the undercard seems great, but when you put a price tag on it, it seems a bit less. So, I mean, you need a, a really strong card to, uh, to, to be knocking us at that price, but at the same time, we kind of got to count ourselves lucky because if you look at the pay-per-view prices over in America, they're four or five times uh, the amount we pay. So al- although a lot of people are shaking their heads, I am a little bit as well. I, I think you we, you could easily get away with uh, not putting this on as pay-per-view. I, I don't necessarily see it as that. I'm going to pay the money anyway, obviously. Uh, I, I, I want to see this fight. I'm, I'm dying to see it and I can't not. So they're going to take my money, but at the same time, it's I'm not going to be happy to pay it. But as I said, we kind of got to be grateful that we're in Britain paying the prices that we are because Americans get much worse over there.
0: Yeah, look, the first fight was without doubt one of the best I've seen in a long time just because of the drama and the, the excitement of that knockout. Uh, so I will also be paying it. And that's the thing, I, <laughs> With with dedicated boxing fans, essentially they can charge what they like because they know people will pay. Uh, that concludes our boxing section. Uh, a very heavy one this week with so much going on. But cheers to Man again for jumping on the podcast. Really enjoyed hearing from you, mate. And I hope you're enjoying listening back. Let's go on to football. And the Champions League draw was made this week. Both of our teams in it. Both of our teams could meet. Chelsea and Liverpool could meet in the semi-final. It's a great draw for Chelsea with Porto. And Max, your lot got Real Madrid in the quarterfinals. So you happy with that?
1: <laughs> I, th- I think it, it it could be worse, but at the same time it could be better. We could also be a, could have drawn your opponents in Porto, which I would have uh, every day of the week and twice on a Sunday taking over Real. But I, you know, I, I'm not writing us off for it. I think, especially when you you consider how informed we are in the Champions League, uh, we, we we stand a massive chance. And Real are, are, are far past the best that they used to be. So I think if if there's any uh, good time to play them it's now well, they're obviously they're gone
0: I was just gonna say I've said on previous episodes I think I don't see a reason why Liverpool can't go and win this competition
1: yeah exactly but as, as you said if we advance and, and get around Real then we haven't even I think probably playing you would be an even uh, worse fixture an even tougher fixture in, in that respect because Oh, well, I've, we, we've said it in the last however many episodes about the form that Chelsea are in. So mm. it'll be tough. The, the only thing that I'm sad about is that we're on the same side of the bracket because uh, or another all-British final, uh, Chelsea and Liverpool would just be uh, the stuff of dreams, I think.
0: Yeah, it would have been. The thing is, I also see Chelsea, I think this is the perfect route to the final for Chelsea. Couldn't have asked for a better draw than Porto. Not, you know, No disrespect to Porto, they're still obviously one of the best teams in Europe. They're at, they're at that stage of the competition but it is of course an easier draw than a Real Madrid or a Liverpool uh, but look the semi-final could be incredible it could be the middleman derby all over again we know what happened in the last one don't we Max? so uh, <laughs> look uh, we'll look forward to that and Chelsea are also into the semi-final of the FA Cup which would be a, a difficult game uh, to put it nicely it's Manchester City it's Stamford Bridge I think could well be Chelsea's first loss uh, City are in unbelievable form themselves. I know they lost recently to United, but one loss in the last, whatever it is, the last 25, or I don't know the stats, but it will be Games. a very difficult game. Uh, let's go on to the England setup. They play, well, they would have played by the time this podcast is released. They would have played Sam Marino. If Gary Southgate plays five at the back, I'm no longer an England fan. Uh, I will be <laughs> assuming if we don't score at least four, four, five or six. I mean, come on, it's Sam Marino, who I know they've, they drew their first ever game, but in their last game. Uh, but come on, uh, we, we have to beat that lot and we have to do it convincingly uh, when we play them. I think it's at Wembley. I don't actually know. But my point being, it's a long way to make this point. But I was going to say that Trent Alexander-Arnold has been left out of these World Cup qualifiers. As a Liverpool fan, and I know you love Trent. Are you gutted with that?
1: Yeah, uh, the, the problem is with, with the England team, is it's almost a, a battle for the right-backs. It's, it's a massive pecking order when you look at uh, the amount of options Gareth Southgate has on hand for that position. But it is a bit of a shame um, that he hasn't taken Trent into more consideration and the fact that he hasn't even, obviously, taken into these friendlies. But I guess t- coming, coming at it from a Liverpool standpoint, it's kind of helpful as well because uh, Trent's not going to have any tired legs going into... A match next week, but at the same time, you would like him to get that. Well, I would uh, like him to get that England experience and show everyone what he can do, and also at the same time make a case for himself and um, to potentially be a, be a starting fullback in the Euros. So it's it's a missed opportunity for him. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, I feel for him, but obviously Southgate, I think, has a really tough job. We got a really deep England team at the moment, and. You can kind of justify it at any choice that he makes, but I think leaving Trent out with the whole setup is 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 a bit of an insult, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's a blessing to have that much talent, but at the same time, that there are always going to be upset football fans when you pick one player over another. But England play Albania on Sunday at five o'clock, uh, also Passover. But I don't care. I'm watching that game, and England versus Poland. Uh, on Wednesday 7.45 kickoff next week Uh, and that just concludes the middleman podcast what an episode very boxing heavy and plenty of football to look forward to as well the Bahrain Grand Prix uh, on Sunday too so a big weekend of sport but as always thanks for listening guys and tune in in all of the usual places and listen back uh, where you can
1: yeah thank you uh, for listening each week guys Enjoy the sport, the uh, tremendous amount of sport that's coming up this week and we'll be right with you next week as well.